Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No, I'm not for sale. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Colts, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley, and thank you for joining me here. It's our first of two Thursday shows. Uh, wasn't able to put one together on Wednesday with scheduling and so on and so forth, but uh, got a, a early Thursday show here for you later, and then uh, later I'm going to end up putting one out uh, sometime in the afternoon, so then uh, you guys will have two on Thursday as opposed to a Wednesday and a Thursday show. But uh, thank you again for joining me here, and uh, this is uh, the Week 17 against the Jaguars, as you guys well know, and uh, the last uh, interesting little uh, stat's been passed around the past couple days. Two of the four Jacksonville victories have come against the Colts in the past two years. Uh, the earlier one this year and the one at the end of the season last year where they hung a 50-burger on the Colts, and that was about as ugly for the organization as it gets. There are a couple things that I wanted to get into today. I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, the press conference and so on and so forth. Nothing really uh, exciting in there other than, you know, basically uh, Pagano going over his typical spiel for the most part, talking about how, you know, we've got to come back and fight. We've got another big, big game ahead of us and so on. But he does kind of talk about how how well Blake Bortles played in his last game, about his 325 yards of passing, uh, how he didn't have a turnover, threw and caught a touchdown. But the real deal uh, with the Jags this year is obviously their defense. Their defense is much improved. Uh, Apparently they are ranked fourth in the league per Pagano. Uh, I think that that's uh, one of those things where you look at a couple different sites or you look at a couple different ways of – uh, figuring that out and certain like the NFL site goes typically by yards and such. I choose not to look at something so uh, narrow-minded. I choose to look at something that's a little more complete. Um, if you want to look at you know whatever it is turnover ratio or whether you want to look at yards or yards per game or yards per carry or yards per play or whatever you want to look at, there's a lot of different ways and it's really hard to throw in uh, an arbitrary number there and just assume that that's what their rank is based on total yards uh, and, and such. But as you guys well know by now, I look a lot at football outsiders. I think they're, uh, the way that they do their DVOA and so on is is so much more complete. It's a, it's a one-number thing, but it takes into account everything, including situational football. And they've got them ranked currently at 13th in the league. And I think that's uh, a pretty good assessment, to be honest with you. They're, they're definitely not in the top five because they have had so many points run up on them. They're not. They're not typically. Uh, they're. They're not an elite situational team. Uh, they have come alive lately, which has brought them up. And I mean, they've 
you know, uh, steadily risen, you know, game to game to game and, and so on and so forth. But they're 13th currently, uh, right behind Kansas City and right in front of Tampa Bay. So that's, I mean, that's a good spot, you know, just outside of the top 10. Uh, and and that's, you know, that's a, a, a noteworthy defense. There's no doubt about it. And as we typically do, when we look at the, the way that they are going to uh, defend our offense, because that's, I mean, that's, honestly, their offense isn't all that much, you know, worth talking about. Yeldon's out. Uh, they've not, you know, Hearns is probably out. Marquise Lee has become basically their number one receiver by proxy. Uh, Hearns is, or not Hearns, I'm sorry, Allen Robinson is certainly their best option. But, he, you know, for most of the season, Blake Bortles has really struggled to get him the ball with any catchable passes, you know, for the most part. So let's look at how the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be able to defend the Colts. Uh, the Colts have uh, Moncrief on the injury report right now. He is out with a shoulder injury. Uh, just to go through this real quick, the rest of the way f- uh, for you, Rashawn Melvin, the cornerback, he's out with a knee, did not practice. Uh, Chris Carter still limited on Wednesday with a shoulder injury. And Darius Butler is still out with uh, concussion symptoms. So looking at how they're going to defend the Colts. Currently against wide receiver number one, this is T.Y. Hilton. They're 23rd in the league. Not good. However, their number two wide receiver, which is possibly, which is going to be depending upon if Moncrief is back, uh, is probably going to end up being either Dorsett or it's going to be Chester Rogers. They're 14th in the league in that regard. So that's natural. Okay. Uh, other wide receivers, whether that's a slot guy at some point or whether that just happens to be the third wide receiver, they're 26th. So defending the wide receivers is not uh, a quality area for the most part overall for Jacksonville. Now, Jalen Ramsey has shown that he is a fantastic corner, but he's really kind of the only guy. And, you know, Luck's not going to shy away from him if Luck plays. I hope he does not play, but Luck isn't going to shy away from Ramsey. He's beatable. But he's definitely coming into his own. He's getting cockier and cockier, and he's finding ways to get himself into place. He's mixing it up quite a bit and, and doing a pretty good job of it. Now, versus tight ends, they're right in the middle of the pack uh, at 14th as well. Uh, against running backs, they're very, very good. So this is something that the Colts are really going to have to mix in a lot. Chadzinski's going to have to scheme those running backs open really well. A lot of motion. Um, how he's going to uh, you know, do with screen passes. The Colts don't run a lot of screens, but the you know, Gore and Turbin have both proven themselves to be worthy receivers out of the backfield. Putting both of them in the backfield for some sets might help you know, kind of take some of the simplicity away of them covering those running backs. However, the mixture that the Colts have of tight ends and running backs in their passing game is probably going to be uh, more beneficial for the Colts, especially in this matchup. So the Colts definitely have the ability to exploit this offense, whether it be uh, deep with they have some struggling safeties. They've got a couple good linebackers, but overall I trust Doyle to win in just about every position that he's put in. So, uh, And you guys know that if you've listened to me at all this year. But – uh, it, it, I just think uh, this is a mismatch 
offensive to defensive uh, it, for sure, regardless of how they're ranked overall or, or anything else. Namely, because the Colts are one of those teams that are just outside of the top 10 offensively. Last year they were, or last week they were 12th, came into it. I'm a little surprised that they're ranked at 12th, I'm sorry, at 11th, because their situational play was not so great last week. Uh, they didn't, you know, do a lot until they were basically on on the ropes, and Oakland began to drop into zone schemes and stuff like that a little bit more often. And then the Colts naturally were able to get the ball down the field. So I'm a little surprised that they moved up. If anything, I figured they might either stay the same or go down. But this is, you know, comparative to uh, the way the other teams played too. So I mean, just because they didn't have a great game, if everybody else didn't have a great game either, they're going to move up or go down or whatever. Uh, accordingly. So uh, the Colts right now, in my opinion, are an absolute mismatch for the Jags, especially offense to defense. Now defense to offense, as far as how the Colts match up with their offense, I I just don't see their offense being, they, they have the ability to do it, but I just don't see their offense being able to make any real uh, play against uh, anybody really. But our defense has known to be leaky for sure. Uh, without Melvin in the game, I mean Melvin's a fantastic third corner, if nothing else. Um, and Darius Butler's out, so the the safety play is going to have to be really good. And those uh, third, fourth, and fifth corners uh, on the Colts are going to have to be really good. Daryl Morris and those guys—they're just going to have to step up. They're going to have to play better than they did last week. Uh, they played good in the first couple series, didn't do much after that. So the Colts have their work cut out for them, really, no matter who they play uh, as far as their def- defense. The Colts, in this regard, the Colts really have a pride thing they have to uh, put back into place. If the Colts were to lose again against the Jaguars, regardless of who's under center, that's going to be terrible. Uh, we already think that there's a quite uh, a possibility that Pagano could be gone and I think that a loss, especially a substantial one, to the Jaguars uh, in Week 17 could seal his fate. I don't think that – I mean, if, you, if, if Pagano was to lose four games in the AFC South, uh, I don't know if there's a bigger reason to lose your job in Indianapolis. I really don't. And if he doesn't, then there is a whole lot of trust in Mr. Ursay's office – for Chuck Pagano and Ryan Grigson to completely turn this thing around between now and next year. And I don't see how that could be possible. Um, so matchups, that's, I mean, I think this is a mismatch for the Colts, uh, as I've said, and I just don't see a way that Jacksonville should be in this game. Whether they will or not is another story. We know that the Colts are as uh, difficult to predict on uh, on game day, that's for sure. So we'll have to see. I mean, it's all up in the air. We all know that. But on paper, the Colts should win this game pretty handily. Um, also wanted to run through some of the PFF grades for you guys. Again, I'll go through some of the top ones here. Um, Andrew Luck dropped to third. He's now under Tom Brady and Matt Ryan. He's uh, slightly above. And when I say slightly, I mean a tenth above Aaron Rodgers and only uh, about two and a half points above Drew Brees. Uh, Drew uh, Russell Wilson's right there in the mix as well, just under Breeze. But 
you know, Andrew Luck's got to be better with the ball. He has to uh, be able to diagnose uh, his pressure situations. And, you know, we all know that Andrew Luck's fantastic. The only problem here is that Andrew's got to find a way to allow himself to live to fight another day. That's his biggest problem, always has been. This year we haven't seen it very much. We saw it a couple times last week. And it, uh, quite honestly, it put the Colts in a hole that they could not dig themselves out of. So, uh, Andrew Luck, hope if he does play, God, I hope he doesn't play. If he does play, let's hope that, you know, he finishes on a strong note and doesn't get hurt. That's the uh, only thing that's really on my mind. I hope that he throws the ball. I'd rather see him get five intentional grounding calls than get plugged up uh, against uh, a team that has really nothing to lose or gain in the Jaguars. Uh, Frank Gore has moved down just slightly. He is 24th overall with a 71 grade, and Frank Gore continues to impress as far as I'm concerned. He's been fantastic. He's come through in the clutch this year. He's uh, gotten you know his three, four, five yards on first down quite a bit. I bet his first down yardage is somewhere around six to se- uh, five to six yards per carry. He's really been uh, pretty pretty amazing as far as I'm concerned. So uh, we get to wide receivers. T.Y. Hilton, he's fifth overall with an 86.8. T.Y. currently leads the league in uh, yardage, in receiving yardage. Uh, although we all, I think that, you know, people are kind of uh, remiss to say that it's been uh, due to Julio Jones sitting a few weeks. I mean, not to say T.Y.'s not having a fantastic year because he absolutely is. But just remember that when. Uh, it all comes down, you know, if you want to call it a negative connotation, that's fine. It's not meant to be, but it's the truth. So, uh, but T.Y.'s having a phenomenal year this year, um, and I and I look for him to continue to. I think he's really coming into his own. Nice to see that he's not only played at that same level, but he upped his game uh, post getting a brand new contract before last season. So, I think that was fantastic. And it's really good. He's he's a fantastic player, especially for his size. He is ultimately Andrew. It's it's crazy that we always put these uh, comparisons together. But Ryan Kelly is Andrew Luck's Jeff Saturday, and T. Y. Hilton is definitely Andrew Luck's Marvin Harrison. I mean, it's just the way he plays too. You know, he gets into uh, where he's going to get drilled by a couple guys, and he gets down. That's smart wide receiver play. So uh, it's just funny how we we always are going to compare. Uh, the last regime and the last set of superstars to the current ones. Uh, Jack Doyle among tight ends is 15th overall with a 75.8. Again, could not be more impressed with Jack Doyle this year. I've said it week in and week out, maybe several times a week. I think that Jack Doyle is one of the best tight ends in the league. I think he'll continue to be, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised if you know next year he uh, improves on this year. And if he can even be close to this year, the the impact he's had this year next year it doesn't he doesn't have to beat it but he's he's been fantastic he's a a complete tight end he blocks he catches he runs after the catch he does a great job and he is the ultimate teammate plenty of guys have said that in the past and that's and that's awesome anthony costanzo is 21st uh, among tackles with a 82.4 overall grade, Anthony Costanzo, for all of the the chest beating that people have done about, you know, talking mess about him, he's really had a pretty solid year. I mean, you can say just about whatever you want about the guy, but he, he's done a pretty stinking good job as far as I'm concerned. 
I just don't think that you uh, can uh, imagine how poor this offensive line would be without him. So uh, I'm impressed with uh, the way that he's continued to come back to work, and and he's done a good job. Also, I'm excited to see what LaRaven Clark can do again this week, Uh, a guy that I was super surprised to see that he even uh, did anything in the last couple games, but he's done pretty well. He's definitely uh, done better than I expected him to, and I'm just happy for the guy. I'm happy for the guy. I'm happy for the Colts because he's – uh, it looks like he's done something. He's becoming uh, a, an actual lineman instead of a guy for people to run around. You know what I mean? He He's done a pretty good job, and you can tell that his technique has improved uh, significantly since the beginning of the season. Uh, we get all the way to centers, and Ryan Kelly is 19th overall with an 81.1. Again, as a rookie, Ryan Kelly, fantastic. Uh, happy to uh, see how well he's done this year. Um, and coming in, like I said, you know, he's going to, uh, have some bad games and some good games, but he is uh, a vital part of this offensive line moving forward and get to cornerbacks, Darius Butler. He's still 19th, uh, with an 82.6 overall. I would not look for him to play this week. Um, I think that his season is done and that's, uh, that's too bad because he's really had a pretty good season. It's just, he's, he, is a fantastic safety in that role, but he's got to learn that he is not an enforcer uh, by body type, you know, and that's kind of his, his, he wants to be that way. Uh, it's okay for him to be that way and he can make some plays that way. He's just going, he's just, uh, and I, I don't think he's necessarily a fragile guy, but he gets nicked up a lot. He's too fragile for that kind of a role. So um, also Daryl Morris, uh, he's 44th overall with a 77.0. And uh, that's impressive, I think. Daryl Morse has had a pretty good year, too. Some of these depth guys uh, uh, for the Colts uh, in the cornerback uh, roles have played pretty well. Rashawn Melvin at a 73.3 all the way down at 63rd. However, he's he's done good, too. These two guys are going to come back next year, in my opinion. Uh, they're not going to be expensive. They're going to be good enough to come back and be significant depth for this team. Hopefully the Colts can build on that cornerback depth. Uh, get uh, a top-level guy out of the draft. I would love to see that because the the pass defense this year has been pretty putrid overall. Mike Adams, 13th overall among safeties at 84.9. Very good, very good year for the old man. Pops has definitely uh, done anything and everything that the Colts could have asked him to do since he's been here. I don't know that he'll be back next year, but I hope that he, if he doesn't, I hope that he kind of retires because he's he's had a fantastic career. He's really been a big part of the Colts um, in the secondary. And if he does come back, I hope that he only comes back for another year. Uh, I, he is getting old, and I don't want him to get hurt, you know. And uh, the Colts not have a backup plan uh, for that. And TJ Green at the moment is not a backup plan. So uh Antonio Morrison 59th overall with a 60.2 nice to see him rising in the ranks a little bit he's definitely improved his play and uh, I'm, I'm happy to see it it's another guy he's starting to improve so that's good because man I'll tell you what he looked bleak when when it comes into the season yeah very um loose-headed and just uh not being able to focus um pull his assignment and that's a scary 
uh, situation. So uh, we get to the interior defensive lineman, T.Y. McGill, is 40th overall with a 75.2, slowly chopping his way up the list here. He's been fantastic. Not a flashy guy. We've talked about this before, but he is a guy who's going to do his job, and he does it every single week, and I hope he comes back because I think he is a huge building block regardless of who they draft or who they bring in in free agency to help solidify that uh, that front seven. Henry Anderson, 42nd overall with a 75. He and T.Y. are right there pretty much next to each other in the in the rankings and he's improved quite a bit uh this year as well uh just from the beginning of the game I think that it just took him a while to get through some of his injury stuff but he's definitely improved over the last few weeks it's nice to see him get in the mix a little bit and uh and really be a part of it Akeem Ayers again on the edge uh funny that he's right behind uh an old Colts edge guy Dwight Freeney uh, Dwight's at 55th overall, Akeem Ayers at 56th overall, 73.5. So uh, that's the Colts' PFF grades uh, heading into the final week of the NFL season. And it, it's getting to where uh, we are uh, – assu- and we know that the Colts are not playoff bound. We just are basically waiting either for the hammer to drop – or to assume that we can get into draft talk and uh, postseason talk. Now, as the season goes on and uh, we continue, I'm going to probably give you guys a little bit more of NFL news off the first couple minutes of the show each day just to kind of give you guys something else to hear as opposed to just 110% Colts on this. Uh, You know, because some of those are some good storylines as well. And to be quite honest with you, without the Colts playing in both the playoffs and then in the offseason – we're going to have to have a little bit more uh, chat. So we're going to have to have a little more to talk about. So uh, that'll be good for you guys. That'll be good for me as well. And uh, I appreciate you guys listening. And uh, we'll be back uh, Thursday afternoon, like I said, with another secondary show. Uh, So thank you guys for being patient with not having something out on Wednesday. But I will talk to you guys all later today right here on Locked on Colts. You are Locked on Colts. Your daily podcast on the Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.